Welcome to the Midlife Rise and Thrive podcast. I am your host, Dr. Sarah Poldmeg. If you have been wondering how to feel your best in mind, body, and spirit as you navigate through midlife, then this is the show for you. Each week, I'm sharing accessible education, heartfelt stories, and exclusive interviews. We will be talking about everything from health and wellness to sex and relationships and the many challenges and opportunities that come with midlife. It's time to take charge and live fully with intention as you write your next chapter. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today, I am so excited to invite Dr. Shivani, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner and expert infusing Eastern and Western practices that help our bodies achieve equilibrium. She completed her master's in Ayurvedic studies and her PhD in turmeric. She is also the founder of Fusionary Formulas, an Ayurvedic company, and helps people with inflammation and pain. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shivani. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting with you when I first saw your bio because so many times a lot of our listeners are in perimenopause or menopause and they struggle a lot with inflammation of one sort or another. So I thought we could just start there and spend some time discussing inflammation, what it is and how we can deal with it. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Inflammation is one of those things where people assume that only when you go to the doctor and here you have some itis or inflammation-based issue from their, your subspecialist, do you have inflammation? And so what I like to educate people on is we are actually almost all inflamed at some level, and that is the root cause issue why our bodies are struggling so much across the board. And so inflammation is a good thing in the sense that our body will produce an inflammatory response to an outside invader or injury or problem. It's great that the body is set up to do that. But in this modern day time, Ayurveda has taught us, and I should go back a sec, Ayurveda is a system of medicine from India that's over 5,000 years old. But within that science, we teach that, look, if we lived more according to nature's rhythm, if we lived in sympathetic relationship to and good relationship to nature, we wouldn't have all this inflammation in our bodies that's kind of running a forest fire and creating this problematic, chronic inflammatory state that's giving us trouble. Yeah, similar to what we think in Chinese medicine. Same thing. We're all basically natural beings living with nature, and we are becoming more and more unattached to natural life cycles and living within nature. So we are certainly seeing a lot more problems associated with modern living. Exactly. Great. So inflammation is a natural process, and it is a way for us to deal with foreign invaders, infections, all sorts of things. But the problem is when we are continuously in an inflammatory state or maybe in multiple inflammatory states and our bodies can't end that inflammatory cycle. Is that correct? Correct. That is the problem is the body is basically dealing with forest fires all over the place. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we experience it as chronic joint pain. Sometimes it's a headache. Sometimes it's bloating. But different systems are kind of battling with different issues. And yeah. instead of our body saying, okay, I can intelligently see that this is all one root cause issue, the body's just off battling. Yeah. And so that's where we have autoimmune conditions come up. That's where we have a body that's distracted 
and unable to see, oh, there's a virus coming along. I should put a defense system up against that. Mm. And so I find it so important that we understand that modern living is creating a chronic inflammatory state through what? Through air, poor air quality, poor water quality, poor food quality, ultra processed foods, high amounts of stress. Mm -hmm. We are all consuming so much every day from a news standpoint, from information, social media. We're never letting the mind rest, which means we're never letting the body rest. And in the past, we would stop and sit and eat and really honor food as that source of nutrition and fuel for the body in a beautiful way. And now we literally wolf down food standing and keep running. And so there's so much opportunity to look around and not even to mention the level of EMF and external forces that are coming at the body. So I really look at it as modern day times is a battlefield. We're choosing to live in this time. And we have to look around and say, what are the defense systems and rituals and self-care choices we're going to make to protect ourselves from that? Because if you don't, the punishment at the end of the tunnel is pretty significant. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we're not going to be able to mitigate everything, but there are steps that we can take. Just, for instance, spending too much time indoors, going outside and getting some natural light in the morning is super important for our circadian rhythm. There's just so many ways that we can cut back. So we can't necessarily control the air that we breathe outside but we can get purifiers inside. So, you know, just making little changes to offset is super important. It's, we don't need to aim for perfection because that doesn't exist. True. Or if you're not going to use your printer much that week, turn it off. If you don't need your Wi-Fi on all night anywhere near the bedrooms, I turn off the upstairs Wi-Fi at night. I just unplug the Wi-Fi router. Yeah. I don't want that level of signal happening where we sleep. Mm-hmm. I put my cell phone 10 feet away from me in my closet or in my bathroom. It's nearby, but I don't need it anywhere near where I'm sleeping. I don't need sleep pollution going on around my bed or like getting outside. What if we could build a circadian rhythm self-care practice Mm -hmm. where every day we're getting enough sunlight? So I walk outside in the evenings and I make that part of what we do as a family. So my kids get out because they need to, but I get out and move in nature. So there's a lot of ways to address it. I have a great air purifier at Love. Things like that really help. Yeah. For sure. So tell me about turmeric since it seems to be a passion of yours. Sure. So I went on my own health journey like most of us do. I realized growing up I don't have a very strong immune system and I couldn't understand why. I think some of it came from very heavy antibiotic use as a kid Mm because I was always sickly. And by the time I reached college, I told my parents, I said, listen, obviously the current system is not working. And we are in India every year in the land of yoga and Ayurveda. Could we possibly look around and find a different way? And so I set out on this journey. I went to all the different major centers of Ayurveda in India. I met with the gurus and fell in love with Ayurveda. And I really went with a skeptical mind. I was like, you guys have to prove to me that this stuff works because I'm coming from a different system that I believe worked. And so once I studied Ayurveda, I realized, wow. They have real treasure chests of knowledge. This is 5,000-year-old wisdom, similar to Chinese medicine. And we have herbs and we have practices. We have this lifestyle and we have energy medicine. There's so much to Ayurveda. And when I learned about the herbs and spices, sitting, I did my master's in Ayurvedic sciences, so I was in this herbology class. I realized, you know what? The herbs and spices that my own family used my whole life were actually pretty powerful. 
yeah. like Cuban, like King, Fenugreek, all the different spices in our spice boxes actually had power. That's probably why my grandma used to use them on us when we got sick and she'd make little teas and elixirs and somehow they would work equally as effective as Pepto-Bismol or Pepsid mm. or those types of, types of solutions that we have in the West. And so when I sat in class and learned about turmeric, I thought, wow, I underestimated what the spice can do. Mm -hmm. And if I had had this spice in a potent form as a child, maybe I wouldn't have had the health experience I had because I was suffering from leaky gut. I was suffering from all sorts of things that I did not know about until later in my 30s. And if turmeric can do what it, I thought it could do, it could really help solve a lot of the issues I see in my world, which is everyone suffering from diseases that start with chronic inflammation. Wow. And so that's where my research started. And I did my entire PhD dissertation on turmeric fell very deeply in love with it, became a crazy evangelist of it, and then realized, you know, I think if we all just took turmeric, the world would be better. And then I created a whole company around that idea. Okay. That's amazing. So do you have turmeric tinctures or tell us a bit about your product line? Sure. So out of the entire turmeric plant, the curcuminoids make up about 3% of it. And out of those three curcuminoids, you have curcumin, which is the most effective at reducing inflammation. Mm -hmm. So we have so much science talking about the curcuminoids and what they can do. And so when we say take your turmeric nowadays, we're not actually saying take your turmeric spice and sprinkling it on your meat or chicken or whatever. Mm -hmm. We're saying that curcumin supplements have the extract in such a potent form that they can drive a result for inflammation. And what I love about turmeric is it is a very powerful anti-inflammatory and my level of research went into, can we give people curcumin and it function equally as effective as an end? Mm. And we have science that has been published that has proven that for knee osteoarthritis and things like that, that you can take curcumin or an NSAID and come off that NSAID and the curcumin will hold you pain-free when taken in those good dosages. And so that's really the level of science I'm into now is how can we get more published science, more double-blind placebo-controlled trials so we can consistently show Western medicine, hey, add this, just add yeah. this to your toolkit. Will it be the tool you use every time? No. But considering how much we as the consumer want natural solutions yeah. with less side effects, why not offer that? And so that's been really my deep dive. And about eight years ago, when I finished my PhD, I was looking around for a good turmeric to recommend to people because I knew I was going to tell them to take it forever not just for the anti-inflammatory benefit, but the antioxidant benefit, immune modulating support. It's antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal. It's important for longevity. Like it supports on so many levels. I couldn't find one that I could trust. Mm -hmm. And so I sought out to create my own and I was able to create one that was medical grade that's truly kind of knocked the socks off of orthopedic medicine, functional medicine. Even primary care uses it a lot for joint pain. So that's my area of research and study. Amazing. Are there things that you recommend in addition to turmeric that help to uptake it? Yes, absolutely. So Ayurvedic medicine is this ancient science. It's a study of plant medicine and what works. Very similar to Chinese medicine. Chinese mm -hmm. medicine loves turmeric and ginger and ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is how I say it. But all these different incredible herbs. In Ayurveda, we teach that if you take cur turmeric, curcumin, and you add in other herbs like baswilia, guduchi, amla, dry ginger, you can create a synergistic formula that functions like a symphony mm -hmm. to go after inflammation. And so I created a formula called inflammation release that has all of those. So if someone knows they're inflamed, they take that one. Mm -hmm. 
And then, of course, it has the black pepper added in there for the absorption. And then I made one called turmeric gold. I put full 500 milligrams of this potent medical grade curcumin. Then I added turmeric for the synergistic effect and the non-curcuminoid benefit, and then black pepper to increase the absorption. And so turmeric gold is what everyone takes as like a daily preventive. And I say that in air quotes because Chinese medicine would never give you something like turmeric every day. And I know that, but I feel like in modern day times, most of the year I need my defense system on board. So I do take it along with probiotics, D and the other things I feel like I need for my personal defense. And then inflammation relief is what people take when they have pain or they take both together. And that's their chronic joint pain solution that keeps them off the NSAIDs. Are there different dosages that you recommend based on people's age, size? Is there anything you can tell us about dosing or is it all pretty standardized dosing? You know, when we publish what we're going to say, we do it pretty standardized. So I say you can take two capsules of turmeric gold per day because that's 500 milligrams twice a day. And we have a lot of published science about the safety and efficacy of that. And then inflammation relief, same thing, two capsules, one capsule in the morning, one capsule in the evening. I like people to know that turmeric has a fast uptake. Mm -hmm. It's going to go in there and do the job, but then it's also used up and gone. And so what I've seen is a lot of times the body, well, what's beautiful is the body has such an intelligence and plant medicine has such an intelligence that a lot of times it's going to get taken up by the areas that need it the most. So people say, oh, my knee pain is gone. My back pain is gone. But then once they take it over time, they'll say, oh, you know what? I had inflamed gums. I had gingivitis. And now that's gone. Is that possible? And I always say, look, the body is going to want to heal itself. It's always going to be in the state of survival and then wanting to thrive. So it's going to take these plants and put them where it needs it the most, where the fire is the biggest. And once it puts out those big fires, it's going to go find those smaller fires. And it's going to heal those too. So that's where from a gut standpoint, an immune standpoint, neuroinflammation, any inflammation in the body can be settled down. And then the body can put itself into its original healing state that we were probably pretty much all in as children. And then we can really thrive from there. And are there people that should not take turmeric or how do you know if you've had too much or your body's not responding well to it? It's a good question. So you can take up to eight grams of curcumin a day safely. No one really does that though, because that's a very, very, very high dose. You would have to have a very specific reason for it. So I have met some scientists who put the patients on that kind of dose, but most people are taking a thousand to 2000 milligrams a day. That's the average. People who should not take turmeric are people who are on blood thinners. Mm -hmm. So it is anticoagulant. It is a vasodilator. And so even my surgeons who utilize it, they'll take the patients off it five to seven days before, sometimes three days before, depending on their comfort levels. And they'll put patients back on it five to seven days post because they want the patient to show up so healthy coming into the surgery so they have better outcomes. And then post, we've been able to prove that you can cut opioid use in half using curcumin and get patients off pain meds way, way, way sooner. And we know that we have quite an addiction to pain meds in this country. And so one of my bigger goals is to see, hey, how can we shift that? Is that possible? It seems kind of too big of a goal, but I'm curious if every office that does a high volume of surgery is able to cut that number in half every month, what was that impact year over year by people not getting as addicted to pain meds? Okay. I have read some studies about gallbladder issues. Like if you have gallbladder issues that you may want to veer away from turmeric, is there truth to that? Or do you have anything to speak of to that? I have seen that. You know, recently I did a talk at a wound healing conference 
And I'm speaking at more medical conferences now. So I'm in the science again. And I am seeing more recent science saying, hey, you know what? Gallbladder, kidney stones, if those mm -hmm. are your concerns, don't take the turmeric. And so I always prefer that we err on the side of safety. If in doubt, just don't do it. Right. Great. What else can you tell us about inflammation? Maybe off the topic of turmeric. Sure. So inflammation being the force fire that it is, and being that our body is kind of sometimes at war with the outside forces, I think we have a unique opportunity once we understand inflammation to address each aspect. Mm -hmm. So I love reaching for herbs and spices first because they're superfoods. They're just going to get the job done. Mm -hmm. Like let's get the inflammation down. Once we've gotten it down, can we then look around and say, okay, well, what's the lifestyle plan I'm going to put in place to now maintain this result? I'm a big fan of turmeric, but in 2020, I was like, you know, everyone's taking my pill for a problem. That's not actually what Ayurveda is about. Yeah. We're about creating transformational change, healing the gut, and bringing a lifestyle practice in place that's so preventive that every day the body's thriving. Yeah. So my next protocol after supplements is sleep. Can we improve our sleep quality tremendously? Can we live according to the circadian clock? Can we sleep 10 to 2? Because that is where on the clock we're most supported in clearing inflammation. Please sleep your seven to eight hours, but try to make your bedtime close to 10 so you get that biggest leveraged benefit of clearing inflammation, clearing those lymphatic pathways, the lymphatic system in the brain. I think of it as garbage trucks that come out and clear our mind and our emotions and our gut and anything that did not suit us is getting cleared out of the body, which is amazing. We have our own garbage sewer system at night if we want to utilize it and not sleep past midnight. So sleep is a huge one. Another big one is diet. Our diet is inflammatory. What we're putting in ourselves is causing inflammation. So how can we create simple habit changes there and just reduce what we're doing? I'm not here to drive everyone crazy, but we know that the top five or six inflammatory foods are gluten, dairy, sugar or added sugar, ultra-processed foods that exist, alcohol, and red meat for some who cannot digest it. So just looking at that and saying, hey, I'm going to do an elimination diet, maybe at the intersection of seasons where spring meets summer, summer meets fall, take a week and just cut one of those inflammatory foods at a time. I built something called a seven-day inflammation challenge on my website that's free. And so I like to share that one because I'm like, guys, let me show you how to do this. Mm -hmm. And you will see for yourself if gluten is poison to you which it is for many of us, or what foods are really poisonous to your system. And then the last one I would say that's big is stress. So the habits, it's hard, but building the habit of not doing social media all morning and then before you sleep, which even I myself have it hard, find it hard because my business is shared on social media. So I'm always checking in. But when you check in, you get sucked in, really creating boundaries around social media, consuming news or things that are stressful, building a self-care practice that creates anchor points in your day to reduce stress, I think can be very powerful because not all of us have the discipline to reduce our stress throughout our day. Yeah. So I tie it to something called tea time is me time. And I teach everyone drink tea five times a day. And every time you do, just stop and check in with yourself and ask yourself, how do I feel right now? Have I structured my day so I'm going to get to eat today? Have I set myself up so I'm like a train running into the wall? What can I do to change that? And those calibration moments allow thoughts and your intuition really to speak to you and guide you to do what's better for you. Wow. 
So those are some of my tools. I love that. So looking at perimenopause symptoms, what would you say some of the biggest symptoms are that could be managed with things like turmeric? Well, you know, I'm seeing a lot of women enter perimenopause and menopause and really struggle, like weight gain that's resistant to anything we've ever approached it with in the past, frequent headaches, fatigue, joint pain, moving slower, less tolerance to food, you know, less tolerance to a lot of things. I myself am 42 at this moment. And I can see now what my friends are saying a little bit because I have to be nicer to myself. I can't be as abusive. Right. And that's tough because I'm used to saying to my body, get over it. Yeah, you can function on less sleep. You can keep going. We're leaders. And, and what I realized was I can burn the candle at both ends, but then you're just signing up for burnout. So you get to decide, would you like to burn out and crash and burn? Or would you like to instead pause a little bit and create the space for health and healing? So my new mindset towards it, since I'm in it now, is, hey, what do we have to do to change our habits, lifestyles, rituals, and practices going into each decade so we're supported? And I truly believe we have to walk into each decade smarter and healthier than ever so that we're not symptomatic as the body shifts. It's not like our expectation of our body is any less. We're not saying, oh, my kids are grown and done. I'm going to now relax. We're saying, okay, the kids are grown and done. I can go five times harder in my business and aspirations and dreams because that phase is over. So it's interesting to watch as women as we work through this phase or these multiple phases. So my guidance is always reduce inflammation first. If the body is not dealing with forest fires, it will react better to anything. Secondarily, do seasonal detoxing, even if it's gentle detoxing. You don't have to do water fast. You don't have to do juice fast, although those can be very effective tools. Any type of detox will support the body in clearing what's old so you can enter the new season fresher and more supported to handle that season. Mm -hmm. And in Ayurveda, we teach a concept called the doshas, which is your individual mind-body constitution. And I like people to understand their dosha and then sympathetically enter the seasons knowing how to balance themselves better. Then exercise. Your exercise might need an adjustment. I find that one the hardest. I don't want to, I do not want to change my gym and I don't want to change my style. But what I've learned is I have to because as I'm shifting, my body's like, wow, you just gave your 100% energy tank up to the gym today. You're done. I'm not renewing you now. So how would you like to pull out more for your workday and then the phase of your day called kid time and then going into the evening marriage or bedtime? And there's none. Like it's shocking to me how I can literally burn the whole gas tank in the morning and I can't even do that anymore. That's not appropriate. So I have to adjust the workouts. And I just want to say I sympathize with everyone because that one to me is a mega sacrifice. (laughs) And then food, you know, we have to adjust food. I'm learning I can't even eat the same way because body's changing. Body's holding on to things differently. And so when I sit with myself and I'm frustrated with my own health, I look at myself and say, okay, you can call your functional medicine doctor or how would you self-diagnose and self-treat on this? And so mentally I go, okay, one, diet. Are we eating too many inflammatory foods? Let's clean it up a touch. Two, exercise, walk more. Ayurveda said walk in nature, all will be well. Do your yoga, all will be well. So I added more yoga and more walking and the body recalibrates itself because we're giving it 
food. We're giving it sunlight. We're giving it nature. It's almost a return to ancient wisdom and simple self-care practices that bring us in harmony with nature is the medicine to help us age with grace as opposed to battling with the body. Totally agree. And I think some of my patients sometimes get sick of me on repeat saying the same things. It's complicated, but it's not that complicated all at once. You know, there are some basic tenets and rules for what our body wants and needs. And those things become so much more important during these major hormonal shifts, just because your body is trying to figure things out. So got to hand it a plate of all the good stuff, the good getting outside and exercising, the right foods the right intake of news or not intake of news, you know, just giving yourself, like you said, being more gentle with yourself, not trying to push your body to do things it doesn't want to do or eat foods that it doesn't really want to eat, that kind of thing. Well, this has been amazing. We will have all of your links in the show notes for sure so that our listeners can take a look at your products, the freebies on your website and all of that and be able to get in touch with you. Any parting words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? Just that self-care can be one of those most profound things we do. I think a lot of people talk about self-care as the spa and the salon and retreats and all those things, which are beautiful and amazing. But I really encourage everyone to build a circadian rhythm, self-care, lifestyle practice. Sounds complicated, but all it means is build anchor points in your day where you check in with yourself. Could be with that first amazing cup of coffee, could end with a delicious cup of tea at night that's like your sleep hygiene ritual to indicate to the body that it's time for bed. But I'm finding that with modern day times being as hectic as it is and us putting so much pressure on ourselves to be excellent in every single area of our lives, we're not leaving the space for ourselves. And if we love ourselves, which we do, then how can we love ourselves enough to build those anchor points in to sit and eat in peace for five minutes? Like mm -hmm. take a deep breath and eat your food so you absorb what you're eating. Adjust your exercise practice to be good for you, not detrimental to you. Tea time is me time or whatever you need to collect peace and be your happiest and best, most balanced self as you move forward. Absolutely. Living intentionally for sure, I think is so important. Well, wonderful. I think that you've offered up a special discount code for our listeners. Stay tuned for that. It'll be in the show notes. And thank you so much. Again, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Thanks so much. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Midlife Rise and Thrive podcast. If you are struggling right now to answer the question, what's next? I want you to sit with me here for a moment. Take this moment with me to breathe in deeply. Go ahead and breathe in and breathe out completely. I want you to set a new intention to rise and thrive in this truly important next chapter of your life. Sometimes it's tough to get started and I want to help. Grab your free copy of my self-assessment tool that will give you three ways to get started. Link is in the show notes. I'll see you next time.